there to see him happy, a horrid rumour had started. Tongues wagged all around London that he hadn't been honourably wounded at Waterloo, but when trying to flee the battlefield. It wasn't true. Anyone who knew Dare knew it wasn't true. But there was no one to deny the story. Even he didn't remember much about falling in battle all the days after, and fear that the story might be true was dragging him back down into the dark. They needed a witness. It had been a battle, for heaven's sake. There must have been hundreds of men nearby. But it seemed that smoke hung like fog around a battlefield, action was fragmented, and everyone was intent on their own part. So all Thea and her family could do at this moment was present a confident front and use every scrap of their immense influence. This hastily arranged ball was their challenge flung in the teeth of the tongue. Attend and show you don't believe such drivel, Stay away, and you are no friend of ours. Of course, everyone who was anyone had come. The Duke and Duchess of Yeovil were powerful, but they were also universally liked and admired. Everyone had come, but Thea had sensed and even sometimes heard the questions simmering beneath the smiles. Could the story be true? Lord Darius wasn't a trained soldier after all, but a gentleman volunteer— not surprising, perhaps, if such a terrible battle proved too much. Was that why he took so long to come home, leaving his poor mother so distraught with grief? Is that why he still needs opium? Guilt? Thea had smiled, danced, and flirted, showing the world that Dare's family held no doubts. But disaster hovered, and here she was, on the other side of the house, in her underwear. Harriet! Come in, lady. The maid ran out of the dressing-room, deep red satin trailing from her arms, matching stays and slippers on top. Oh, Thea said, that. On arriving in London for this season, she'd learned she'd been tagged the Great Untouchable, cold, distant, and haughty. It was so unfair. Was it surprising that she'd not thrown herself into frivolity during her first season in 1815, with Napoleon returning to torment Europe, and then Dare rushing off to fight? As for the last year, that had been a disaster. They'd still thought Dare dead. Thea had only attempted a season at all to try to distract her mother from her grief. Was it surprising if she failed to be all warmth and light? If she turned away all suitors? Hurt by that nickname, she'd ordered a number of bold gowns. The green had turned out well, but the red had been just a bit too much. She never wore red. But tonight was a battle of sorts, so perhaps it was just the thing. Right. She grabbed the stays and threw them on the bed. There's no time to change those. But you're wearing green, milady. Which will be covered? Hurry. Harriet muttered, but she raised the gown over Thea's head. Thea put her arms through the short sleeves, and the rest slithered down over her like water. Or blood. Lord! She stared at her reflection. The gown was cut in a new way, making the fabric flow down from the high waist, clinging to her shape. In the mirror, Harriet's eyes were wide. It is a bit much, isn't it, milady? Harriet was in her thirties, but she'd been Thea's maid for only two years, and rarely presumed to volunteer opinions, so her comment was significant. Lord! Thea said it aloud this time. "'I'll get something else, milady. There's no time.' As soon as the gown was fastened, Thea sat on the bench. 
The slippers. Harriet soon had the green slippers off and the red satin ones on and was crossing and tying the ribbons. Thea could still see herself in the mirror and she checked for problems. She was wearing pearls. Wrong for a red gown, but all her other good jewels were in her father's safe. The band of white roses in her hair would have to go. She began to unpin it. As soon as Harriet finished, Thea went to the dressing table. See what you can do with my hair. As Harriet tidied her brown curls, Thea studied her reflection. In red, her pale breast seemed to dominate, raised high by the corset, the upper halves exposed. Perhaps she should change to something else. But Harriet was fixing some red rosebuds and ribbons in her curls. Then the clock on her mantelpiece chimed eleven. Eleven! Thea stood, grabbed her mother a pearl fan, also inappropriate with red, but at least it went with the pearls, and headed for the door. Malay.